completely seated. And good morning, Cathedral Church. It is a real joy to be with you here today. My first Sunday as the curate of all souls. Who would have ever thought that the young child who often giggled and cut up on that back row right there, the young child who would often sneak out after communion uh, to play basketball, who ever thought that kid would be a priest at all souls? God's got a sense of humor. Uh, I look out today and I see a lot of familiar faces, um, but there are a lot of people here I just don't know. Um, I've been gone to Berkeley, California for, at seminary uh, for the last three years. I'm a different person. Uh, we've all been living in COVID-19. We are all different people, and this seems like a very different church to me. So while we may know each other, uh, please find some time after the service today or in the coming weeks and introduce yourself to me, reintroduce yourself to me. Let's get reacquainted because we're all different. Uh, regardless, I'm really excited to be joining you on this journey. So thank you. And as I begin my uh, tenure as a priest here at All Souls, I've been thinking a lot about traditions. Traditions. Traditions are really helpful things. Traditions are helpful because they bind us together. The word tradition derives from Latin, tradere. It means to give, to transmit, to hand over for safekeeping. Traditions. Traditions bridge the gap between times and places, and they provide us with a framework to pass on our knowledge, on our experiences. Traditions really help us feel a part of something. I think back to my time as a student at UNC Chapel Hill. Any Tar Heels up in here? Yeah? All right. You'll, you'll like this. At the end of basketball games or football games, uh, win or lose, and we normally won, the student section would come together and we would put our arms around each other and we would sway back and forth and we would sing the alma mater. Hark the sound of Tar Heel voices ringing clear and true. The first time I took part in this tradition, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I felt a part of something, a part of something bigger than myself. This small droplet of Carolina blue in a river of Carolina blue that spanned decades, if not centuries, past. But traditions abound at all souls and in the church too. And like the singing of the alma mater, these traditions tell us about ourselves. They give us an identity. I want you to take a moment and I want you to look down at your feet. The kneelers beneath these pews tell a story. The tradition of sowing a memorial or a favorite prayer onto a kneeler spans decades. It is a tradition, a long time tradition of this parish. And this tradition and its presence reminds us that when we kneel to pray, we aren't praying alone. No, we are praying with the communion of saints who have gone before us for the past 125 years. Saints who have prayed through wars, famines, political strife, and pandemics. And there are also annual traditions here at All Souls, which I know many of you are familiar with. Choir retreat, the All Souls Arts and Crafts Fair, youth lock-ins, which I've done way too many of. Members come and go in these annual traditions, 
each leaving behind a legacy, each leaving behind an example for us to follow. Traditions, they carry us. They bring us together. But I would be remiss to not mention the dark side of tradition, a side that is often corrosive and uncomfortable and sometimes suffocating. Traditions can become burdensome, cumbersome. They can uh, suffocate us. They can take more of a, a drag on our identities if they no longer bring life to the groups or the memberships which they uh, support. Traditions, if we do them absent-mindedly, they can actually be a really negative thing. Perhaps you can think of your own examples of an unhealthy tradition in your life. This could be something as big as an annual retreat with family and friends that you sometimes begrudgingly go to. It could also just be something as small as the way you start your day or the way you end your day. What are your traditions? Whatever your example that you might be thinking of, I want you to ask yourself, is this tradition vital to your life? Or is it just something that you do because you've always done it that way? Is it just the way that things have always been done? It is in the tension of tradition that we find Jesus in this morning in the gospel reading. Jesus and his disciples are being monitored suspiciously by the religious authorities, and they are admonished for openly breaking with religious tradition, for not doing things the way that they have always been done. Eating with dirty hands, this is not the tradition of our elders. You can't do that. The tradition of the Pharisees are referring to this morning is that body of Torah law that had been built up over generations and generations in order to show how Jews should put their faith into practice. Think of it kind of like a fence or a perimeter that had just occurred and, and, and kept building on itself over the generations and it become so, so cumbersome and so heavy, so suffocating. Jesus' response to the Pharisees this morning in the midst of that suffocation is a call to those who would break free from tradition. Traditions that obscure our view of God and obscure our, our view of relationship with one another. Yes, these traditions are important. Jesus does not discount that traditions are important. But at what cost are these traditions being kept around? Jesus calls us this morning to remember that our faith is a dance not only with scripture and tradition, but also with the intent of God's commandments, discerned through prayer, scripture, through prophets, through disciples, through time with each other, and through Christ. Jesus is saying, if we bind ourselves too much to the letters of the law, if we hold too fast to traditions that don't serve the church and don't serve God and don't serve other humans, then we miss out on the beautiful, sometimes messy encounters with the divine. These are encounters that might see us break bread with dirty hands, but at least leave us with an unobstructed view of God. The lesson of the story today mirrors that of the Good Samaritan. Some of you are probably very familiar with this parable of the Good Samaritan. You might remember that in that story, 
uh, there is a man beset by thieves and robbers on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. The man lies injured in a ditch close to death. Priests and holy men pass by, but they choose not to stop and help. They take one look and continue on their way, unwilling to get their hands dirty. To help the dying man in the ditch would mean to become unclean. You might also remember it was the Good Samaritan in that passage, in that parable, the one who by the tradition of that day was barred from rubbing shoulders, from breaking bread with the injured man's demographic. It is the Samaritan overcoming tradition, overcoming boundaries. It is that man who comes to the injured man's aid. The Samaritan looks beyond the tradition of the day. He circumvents the rigid purity laws of the time. He puts the intent of God's commandments in the forefront of his life, and in doing so, saves the life of the injured man. This, Jesus said, was how we love our God and our neighbor, by getting our hands dirty. We love our neighbor not by worshiping laws and traditions, but by circumventing those obstacles prayerfully so that we might have a better relationship with our neighbors and our God. Traditions change. They can change. And sometimes they must change. We see this in Scripture, and we see this in the way we worship here at All Souls. Some of you that are familiar with the history of the church might recall that back when this church first opened in 1896, this altar, which sits here, used to be pushed flush against that wall, the east wall of the chancel. This is kind of wild, but the priest would stand with his back turned to the congregation each Sunday, and keep in mind, there were no microphones. People would not be able to see him, and you would probably have a hard time hearing him, and he would offer uh, morning prayer instead of Eucharist. Parishioners really couldn't see what was going on. We were kind of being kept in the dark a little bit. Now, this was a style of worship that had been carried on for, for centuries in the Roman tradition and the Anglican tradition, but it wasn't until the 1960s and the 1970s that altars began to move up in the churches, and priests started facing the congregation, and instead of morning prayer and hearing the word, we actually started celebrating Eucharist every Sunday. These were ancient traditions carried on for hundreds of years broken by some really discerning, brave parishioners, priests, bishops all over the world who said, we need to do things differently. The traditions of the elders changed. The traditions of this church, seemingly etched in stone, a part of the woodwork, changed. I reached out to some of our uh, local historians this past week, and I learned that people were not really happy when this happened. I think that might even be an understatement. Some people left. Uh, people were really angry. But as we look back on the tumultuous past from the comfort of the present, I think we can agree that we made a right decision. Quite literally, the prayerful undoing of tradition allowed us at all souls to break bread with one another to not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word, and to see God, literally see God 
at the altar more clearly in our midst. As many of you know, today is our ministry day here at All Souls. And while it may not seem like it, it is every bit the opportunity to break free of traditions of our lives that might be obscuring our vision of God. It is a time to carefully discern new traditions, to move the altars, to move the sacred furniture of our lives from the back of the chancel to the forefront of our heart. Perhaps in doing so, we can renew our relationship with this place and with each other and with God. It is a time to take up a generous act of giving so that we might be doers of the word, not hearers of the word. So open your leaflet this morning. You'll find a map, a map on the campus that gives the location of each ministry group at All Souls. It's a beautiful map. Thank you, Bonnie. Each number represents a table where you can interact with a leader of that ministry. You can receive more information about that ministry, and then you can sign up if you feel so called. Now, I'm going to make a few shameless plugs here. But if you're good with your hands and you want to learn more about construction, go visit Habitat for Humanity, Table 21. We really need you there. If you want to help out with the food booth in two weeks, we really need volunteers, go check out Table 19. And if you want an acolyte, because we always need acolytes to help us do worship here, that's at Table 16. There is so much more. I could give a plug for every single table, but... All in all, you will find 22 tables, 22 ministries, each table its own sacred altar behind which a faithful member of this congregation presides, offering an invitation to work together and to break bread. Each table an opportunity to participate in its own little slice of Eucharist. Every number on this map, every stop on this church is an opportunity for you to create a new tradition, to part with an old one, to do something new in your life and in this place. Like the singing of the alma mater, like, like sing, singing in choir together. It's a, it's a time to become a part of something greater than yourself. Now, I don't want to make light of this, this moving of the altar, because this was really hard. Breaking traditions starting new ones, moving altars, rearranging the sacred furniture of our lives is very difficult and dangerous work, and it should not be taken lightly. Ask anyone who has ever helped move this altar how heavy it is. I actually dropped it on my foot one Christmas, and my toenail turned black. The point is, moving altars is hard, and it takes a strong crew of people to do it together. Moving altars is work that should be done with prayer and discernment. It should be done together in community, amongst friends, breaking bread, perhaps with dirty hands. So listen to the Spirit this morning. Breathe in the traditions which have supported this community for decades. And as you walk among the tables, and as you walk among the tiny altars outside and their sacred offerings this morning, Ponder anew how you and your family might enter into a new tradition here. Make your new traditions. Find life at the site of your new altar.